Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 186. I am here tonight with Ryan. I'm about to start putting up missing persons posters for Tyler. But how are you doing, Ryan? Other than being still tired after my work retreat from this past weekend, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, finding out that even with no softball going on, there's still way too much shit to do and kids are tiring. So, yeah. What about you? you? a, A work retreat? Oh, yeah. It was uh, work put us up in hotels for the weekend in Grand Rapids. Friday, Friday night and Saturday night, we had uh, parties, if you will. Friday night started out. They had it was like a formal dinner. And then we got full plated meals. But they also did like a small awards thing before. Nice. Dancing and drinking all night. Same same for the second night. But minus the the awards, it was like strolling food. So almost buffet style if you will sounds fancy but, and a lot of free alcohol so nice. it was pretty good i will go most places where there's free alcohol i also had a work thing this past weekend we did this tour in detroit called the drunks of antiquity it is run by the detroit bus company so they get you on a bus they have a tour guide for you and they take you to the three oldest bars in detroit and the bars were really? super cool yep the bars are super cool the history is really awesome I felt like if you walked a block and a half in either direction, there would be someone there to stab you. But it I mean, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So we both had a lot of drinking this past weekend that our bosses paid for, which is always the best. That's the best. Free alcohol is the best alcohol. So we do have a show tonight. We have a little bit of news that came through. Uh, Jake Wallman avoids arbitration by signing a contract. The Red Wings give us some sweater numbers. They're Red Wings at the World Juniors. And we're taking mailbag questions. But I think we're going to start off the top with Jake Wallman. Jake Wallman, now number 96, which irks me just a bit. That upset a lot of people. I I I get it. It's not a retired number and it's not even like a like a Konstantinov like his number is not going to be retired, but no one takes it out of respect for him because I mean it it, it is what it is, guys. Like we got to at some point we have to get over the whole you can't use his number thing unless it's retired. Like it, it was it was Thomas Holmstrom, guys. Thomas Holmstrom's number is not getting retired. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. No, neither. it's it is what it is. is he is he, he a recency bias Red Wings legend. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now I, I do like, I was having a conversation with Mario on this one. This is going right down the rabbit hole on the number thing. Don't the lions have like a ring of honor or the, or they call it the pride or something like that. I know what you were talking about of like people that are not in the hall of numbers. fame, but people that they're like, that they recognize as important people to the organization. Yeah. Cause yes. the lions don't actually have anyone retired. If I do recall correctly. I thought they were retired. What was that video that came out of who was the dude that was crying? Cause he was, they made him read on camera and they were like read that they were retiring his number. Yeah, I don't know enough about older lion stuff and you just have a very blank stare on your face like I have no idea. Like you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I think they are retiring they someone's number if they haven't done it already. But that's besides the point. You actually have to have really, really good players retire. Wouldn't Barry be retired? See, I believe so. See, now you had me questioning everything, so. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. The Detroit, okay, here we go. Detroit Lions retired numbers. Barry Sanders, number 20. Bobby Lane's 22. Doan Walker's 37. Joe Schmidt's 56. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's. Doke Walker, the running back. Doke Walker, Joe Schmidt, and Chuck Hughes is 85. Billy Sims, number 20. Uh, same with Lem Barney and then Dutch Clark's number seven. These guys, bunch of guys from like the thirties. Yeah. Back when they actually won championships. Back when they did really anything of note besides that one time in the nineties. But Jake Wallman is back. Uh, Jake Wallman signed a contract for, let's see, the 2022-23 season at a $1.05 million cap hit. I did think he would get that over a million. I thought they'd probably split it halfway. He was looking at 1.7. The Red Wings were looking at under a million. He ends up getting 1.05. I, I think the value's there. I mean, it's a one-way deal, too. He wanted a one-way deal. So I think that the value is there in Wallman, who showed last season that he does have some... He's got talent if he's given minutes. I think that's kind of what we were able to see in Jake Wallman last season in the small amount of time that uh, he did yeah. play. And he will not be starting the season because he had surgery. So he'll start out the season on the injured reserve. Yeah. So I'm backtracking, but there is pride of the Lions, which is players that are recognized, but not retired. So the numbers that you mentioned, like a lot of the guys in the pride are like Herman Moore. Uh, let's see. Lynn Barney. Or Lem Barney, Jack Christensen, Jason Hansen. So guys that are more familiar, Dick LeBeau, Barry Sanders, that most people do know, but aren't retired. So that's where the suggestion was maybe the Wings could do something like that, where they have players, especially from the Cup eras, even going way back, where they're recognized by name, maybe not necessarily by number, or you have the number with it but it's not retired and can still be put into circulation. We can call it the wheel of fortune. <laughs> Ryan, oh, Jake Wallman, oh. Jake Wallman. He's going to be on the team eventually. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, he has to not be hurt. First of all, which of course, you know, helps. He it's has be to not be hurt. A 96 on defense. Is there a guy that high number that you can think of as a defenseman? Uh, that high? No. Nope. Like um, anywhere, not just Detroit. Off the top of my head, no. Mm. Defensemen, I like low number defensemen, right? People like low number really? defensemen. We even got that tweet too. Single digit defensemen people like. Yeah. So, yeah, I think 96 is kind of weird for a defenseman. 
Uh, maybe he just did it because it's the reverse of 69 and he thought it'd be funny. <laughs> but I, like you said, he'll be on the team at some point, maybe. And I think there's a couple factors that, that go into that. And one is, does someone like an Edvinson come in and just own it? Mm-hmm. How does Robert Haig play starting the season? We've got, that's where we have the biggest questions. And that's actually one of the mailbag questions too, is about defenses. That's where we have some of the biggest questions right now, because we've got a lot of bodies and not a lot of space. So it depends on what happens going in and, and how long he takes to recover. I mean, right now you've got Ben Sherratt, Philip Ronick, Oli Mata, jo- Jordan Osterley, Jake Wallman, Mo Sider, Gustav Lindstrom, Mark Pissick, Stephen Kampfer, and you've got Haig. Mark Pissick is injured. So there's, there's bodies and there's, there's not a lot of room because I didn't even mention Edvinson in that list. You've got a Donovan Sabrango who's been probably has been called one of the best defensemen if not the best defenseman in the world juniors so far right now not that he's scoring a ton but he is the most defensively responsible guy there right now you've got an albert johansson you've got uh, i mean emil vero's coming over to grand rapids you've got a jared mcisaac there's names and not like i said not a lot of spaces so i, I think signs his contract and hopes that he will play next season yeah good luck I mean, some of the names you mentioned, I don't think, I think next year is where we really start talking about them, not including guys that have been in the NHL, but the younger guys such as Sobrango and Johansson, Edmondson, I mean, we're, we'll talk about this one here in a little bit as a bit of as a toss up at this point, but I think that's fair because of what we've seen everywhere else but here. And I mean, we had the same conversation, I think this time last year when it came to Raymond. So we, we won't know until it comes to that point of preseason and going into the season. So, I mean, it's, yeah, cool. Wallman's 96. He's might play this year at some point, depends on when he's not being hurt. So. I think to that point, it's that if Wallman doesn't play, that's an even better indicator because Wall. I feel like in, like I said, in the short time he played, he played 19 games last season, had four assists that he positively impacted the team. He made the defense better. On some nights, he was one of their, I would say, the, the second best defenseman next to Mo Sider on the ice. Some nights. Yeah, so, I, think, I, I think that's arguable. I mean, it's, he also had some gaps that you're just like, ah, what are you doing there, bud? But he's, it's because he was too aggressive. Yep. Because if you think about how this team was, and we've hit it ad nauseum, they, they weren't good. And they had very little offensive drive, especially from the back end. And because of his skating ability... I mean, the dude, I think that one of the things we talked about is when he first came over, he wasn't afraid to shoot. And no. sure enough, he stuck to that one to a T. And every time he had the puck, he, he was Nolan Bianchi. Puck's on net right there, man. So <laughs> that's, I think, the driving factor. He's got, he would, if he's in the lineup, I think you got to have him with an Olimata in terms of defensive style. I mean, Gus Lindstrom, he's got to pull us out of his ass and not repeat the second if half he of plays. If he even plays, yeah, I know. I mean, it's who knows because is Pizik going to be in there? Who knows what's going on with Camper? Um, Camper, I think, oh, is a great is hurt, so we don't know Pizik's if Hague's going to be up in in Detroit. Like Hague should be. Now that's the thing is, is a lot of people were talking about Hague, and he's an NHL player. For most of the season last year, he was yeah. leading the league in hits. So I mean, that's what they're what looking he, for. So that trends to what Eiserman's made moves towards this season. Yeah. 
So the thing about Wallman is that if, if he, like I said, if he is healthy, he becomes healthy like he will and still isn't on the team, then you know that, that the team's defense is clicking. It's doing a lot better. So the next thing we have is jersey numbers. We already talked about Jake Wallman's number 96. We have Oli Mata taking Brendan Smith's number two. Uh, R.I.P. Brendan Smith uh, jersey. His jersey is not retired or being held. Uh, the number two will go to Oli Mata. Ben Sherratt gets number eight. Last worn by just was Justin Avlocator yeah. the last one to wear eight. Let's see. Uh, no. Number I, eight. I say yes. No, Jake Wallman wore number eight. Jake Wallman switched to Wallman 96. did last year because he gave it up for yeah. me. Switched to yeah. 96. So now, now we have a new number yeah. eight. Uh, Andrew Kopp, like we thought, is wearing 18. He wore 18 with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Austin Zarnick, who I assume is going to be playing Grand Rapids, is wearing number 21. Matt Luff will be wearing number 22. Pontus Andreasen, one person we have we talked about for a while because they signed him, have not talked about since. He is one that is going to possibly challenge for a bottom six spot. He will be wearing number 26. The number 26 was last worn by Riley Barber. And before that, Cody Golubeth. And before that, the only person that anyone's going to recognize, Thomas Vanek. Uh, that was the last notable person to wear 26 for Detroit. Billy Huso will wear 35. The last 35 was Jimmy yeah. Howard. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, what, uh, where are you going with that? Uh, we've got Robert Haig at 38. Uh, the last one to wear 38, Tommy McCollum. So hopefully it is not a cursed number. Uh, Mark Pissick will be 43, replacing uh, not to the elite Mark Pissick. Is that what we're going to call him? Yeah, don't say that. I've already got yelled at. I shouldn't really? say yelled at. I was uh, challenged on calling him elite already. Oh, no. By who? Uh, who do you think? Rowan? No. By M? M. Oh, yeah, no. M. <laughs> We've... Well, I put it in. I had, to, I had to call it out immediately. I was, it was more of the fishing, fishing line throw out there. You were stirring the pot is what you were doing. All right, we have UC Okanora, who is taking number 45. 45 was last worn by Magnus Helberg and then Jonathan Bernier right before that. So like these are goalie numbers generally. Stephen Camper with number 54 last worn by Bobby Ryan. We've got David Perron, DP 57, as he is known, wearing number 57. Number 57 was last worn by Turner Elson and then Mitch Callahan before that. (laughs) Mitch Callahan. (laughs) We've got Dominic Kubelik who is wearing number 81 last worn by Franz Nielsen and Marion Hosa. And then like we had said, Jake Wallman is wearing number 96. So we don't have any new numbers. We have some recently lost numbers and then we have some that haven't been worn in, in quite a bit like the number 96. So I don't think mm-hmm. any surprises there besides Jake Wallman, his number being kind of high for a defenseman and also yeah. being number 96 to some people. But other than that, I don't think there's anything surprising. I mean, Ben Sherratt was able to get his number eight and Andrew Kopp just moves over his number 18. It was Mata, wasn't he? Wasn't Mata two? Um, Mata is number two. Yes. Yeah, I know. I said wasn't his number prior to coming over number two as well. Uh, no, I think this was number nine. A quick Google image search. Nope, not even close. He had number, th- number well, he's had six. Six. And uh, three. 
Yeah, so he was number six in LA then. And number three in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So he'll be number two, which is like, that's a weird, that's a weird jump. A three to a six to a two. I guess he's just keeping it low. Yeah, I don't blame him for that one. But those are your jersey numbers. We've been waiting a while to get jersey numbers. We've been asking them over and over again. And then we finally get either, either of those with three or six. Yeah, I mean, he could have uh, six is a pseudo retired number. Uh, that's kind of one where they don't let people use it. That's Kami Burton's number. Yeah. Uh, number three, the last player to wear number three was Alex Viega. He totally could have taken number three if he wanted to go yeah. back to that. So there's got to be some reason that he took number two. I wonder if there's a Red Wings player mm-hmm. that he had liked that wore number two. You got Fatisov. You got Ulf Samuelson wore number totally two. Totally Darian Hatcher. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go ahead with probably not. No, no, no. Uh, it's like 80, 85 percent chance that that's not the reason came over how excited we all were and then he got hurt and pretty much died and never played i remember uh seeing someone at lca in a darian hatcher jersey which uh i i find a bit odd good for them (laughs) they must have got it on the cheap so next we have prospects at the world juniors uh team usa uh doing well carter mazer four goals two assists six points and a plus five Red Savage, two goals, one assist, three points, and a plus five. Red Savage is the one that has been, um, I think, kind of impressive for what he was expected to do. He was expected to come in and be a bottom six guy, kind of just go out there and be a dude to kind of lock it down, not create much of a defensive disturbance. And he's been able to pitch in, and his goals have been pretty. And he's a dude that I hope, I hope makes it as a Red Wing one day because Red Savage is just a fucking awesome name and I need it. Um, But Carter Mazur is the guy that that a lot of people are watching. He's showing the grit. He is showing some silky smooth hands. He's got that offensive power. People keep getting mad at me because I say he could be the next Tyler Bertuzzi and then they yell at me because I mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi's name. So why is is that a bad thing? Very defensive. Just because of all the bullshit. It's... It's I mentioned Why? what I said was if you're going to trade Tyler Bertuzzi, you hope that Carter Mazer is the replacement in the showing that that's his game. He could do that. He's evolving the offense. And they're like, why are you automatically trading Bertuzzi? I'm like, guys, just calm down. Because he can be replaceable. But that's besides the point. He's re- he can be replaced, but it's also like he has a contract coming up. He's had previous contract disputes. He's had a major back injury. He purposefully of, missed nine games last season. Like, um, there's several reasons. Not only his contract, but what's going on with Larkin? So, I don't know. I hope he can... Well, okay. I'm not super worried about it because Iserman himself said it's going to get done. And, and he said that now two months ago. No, it was, his, was that his last press conference? Yeah, I mean, I'm going back toward pre-draft. Like, that's where the last real big update came from, is that hoping to have it done soon because he was leading into free agency. I think he said it after the fact, it, too, in one of his other pressers. No, he has, but I'm just saying it's been it's been a while that he's been saying this is what I'm getting at. I would I would hope and we've got 
a little under a month until training camp. That maybe we think that it's because he changed agents and that changed the dynamic a little bit. I don't know how hard he's pressing Iserman right now. I mean, you'd hope he'd get it locked up, and it, I think I and I think how hard Larkin, Iserman's pressing. Yeah, how hard, hard Iserman's Larkin's. pressing. Got it. But I hope he gets it done before training camp. And I mean, I would hope so. If he doesn't, then you hope they get it done before preseason. So it's uh, it's rough. And like I said, they've got a month before training camp. But I I have no doubts that Larkin gets done. I mean, if he doesn't, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's hard because are you in trouble? Because in a way, you think that you're running into Stamkos 2.0. That sure. This is going to drag out. It might seem like it's bad blood almost, or they're that See, far and I apart, think that's a little bit of, of, of a reach. Well, yeah, probably, but that's the speculation that's going to come up because people are impatient and how things are. They're like, well, you guys can talk all the time. Why isn't there something done? So, I mean, because we also haven't heard anything about Zadina. Yeah, that's the other one. Zadina contract needs to happen. And this has to happen, especially before, what, December for him to even be eligible for the season. Yeah, but I don't think uh, Iserman's not the guy that's going to wait until the season starts to sign a guy. I would hope not. Like into the season. We're a month away from stuff happening. Yeah. So they can't do anything without a contract. Sure. But I think that if you go order of operations Mm -hmm. and what you think is going to happen is I think Larkin happens first, then probably Zadina. I feel like Bertuzzi is going to happen last because he always happens last. If it happens at all, he happens last because they have contract disputes or whatever. And we've already seen him go to Arb. Yeah. And I really I foresee my guess if it doesn't happen before the season starts is that Bertuzzi we he will be cutting it close on next season's free agency period. Yeah. Or if he I think if Bertuzzi's the one and again, yell at me all you want for Bertuzzi trade speculation. I don't give a shit anymore. It's it's out there because of his past, his injuries, his willingness to not agree and it's just that's what happens. The people speculate. And he's got some of the best value on the team. Sure. That's and his value has never been higher. Yep. So I think if Bertuzzi does not get a contract done, that's a trade deadline piece. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If a contract mm-hmm. is not done, he can go to a contender for a cup run uh, as a rental. And as long as he's doing well, and he's not injured again. It's fully possible. So again, yell at me all you want. I don't care because the speculation is there because he hasn't signed a contract yet and previously was a pain in the ass signing contracts. So whatever. Team Canada, Sebastian Cosa, he played one game so far, 91.6 safe percentage. Donovan Sobrango, two assists, two points, and a plus five. Cosa looked really good in his game that he played. It was against Latvia, so there's that. But he, he looked good and it was a bounce back from people yelling about him in the 3v3 scrimmage tournament at the uh, at like training camp or Prospect development camp. camp 
and they lit him up for some reason and whatever. Sebastian Kosa is still one of the top goalie prospects in the entire league, and he looked good. Team Chechia, Jan Bednar, one win, or one assist, 85.14 save percentage. Don't like that. That's ugly. Team Finland, oh. Emil Vero is a plus one. Team Sweden, Simon Edvinson, one goal, one assist, two points, and a plus one. William Wallander, one assist, and a plus one. Theodore Niederbach, one goal, two assists, three points, and a plus two. Simon Edvinson has been called the best-looking player for Team Sweden. Theodore Niederbach needs to stay the fuck out of the penalty box. The game that I watched, he was in the penalty box three times. The third time resulted in a five-minute major and a game misconduct. So he was kicked out of that game. Uh, And then he came back the next game and was good. So Edvinson, though, I mean, the dude's huge. The dude is so slippery. I was watching just clips of some of the other games and I'm like, well, my comment was, is that Mo Sider in a team Sweden Jersey? Yeah, I hope so. Just some of the stuff he does for how big he is. And I think they were asking, I don't remember which reporter it was, but it looks like he has really grown into his body and he's just used to it now. And that's Mm -hmm. become absolutely terrifying for the other teams. So uh, he's got the hands. He's not afraid to jump up in the rush. There have been a couple defensive lapses, but that will that'll fix itself with time. But the thing that this kind of leads to is that Edvinson is getting a kind of a head start on the season. And if we want him to make it like Lucas Raymond did, it's kind of the same trajectory. Lucas Raymond played in the World Juniors. Then he went to camp. Then he went to preseason and made the team. Edvinson mm-hmm. is getting these reps in now, even though he's got what is food, uh, food poisoning, according to Bob McKenzie. He's out for the next game, but apparently, yeah, Bob McKenzie says food poisoning, some kind of non covid illness. He's getting that running start to hopefully propel himself into the lineup on opening night. That'd be the ideal scenario. I mean, if he takes the momentum he's got right now, I mean, is one goal so far was an absolute rocket and a beauty. I mean, we saw what he did in the SHL last year. We're hopeful that he takes that same leap that Cider did. Now, granted, Cider had an extra year. He had some AHL time. Then he had the SHL time. So it's kind of a different situation, if you will. But at the same time, there's no doubt that he brings a different level to the blue line that Detroit has been lacking. Now, they did make their make their moves from free agency. So we don't know how this could play out. And you, you've already listed out the, basically the roadblock that he's got to try to make this roster. But you could argue that even him playing average is just as good as some of these guys have been in the NHL for a couple of years. But at the same time, him going to Grand Rapids would not be the end of the world. Would I prefer him in Detroit? Yes. Would it be bad if he ends up going to Grand Rapids and just getting his feet wet and getting comfortable? No. So, I mean, it's it's going to be the wait and see. But I'm hoping that he can crack this roster. Yeah, I mean, it'd be the same thing that happened with Cider. Cider went to Grand Rapids. Fuck, Cider mm-hmm. went to the SHL after Grand Rapids. It, it's it's yeah, fine. that's what I'm saying. It's fine. And in, Iserman, in part of the reason, and this is just me pontificating, Part of the reason that Iserman did what he did on defense is in case 
Edvinson is not ready. Mm-hmm. Now, by all accounts, uh, Iserman did a great sit down interview with Daniela Bruce. It was phenomenal. Daniela is awesome. She's a boss. And Iserman sung the praises of Simon Edvinson. Mm-hmm. He made it even more sound like he's going to make the lineup. He says he can play in the NHL right now. He's got what it takes. And if it happens, it it only happens because Iserman knows that he's ready. Iserman is not going to put a guy that's not ready in this lineup. So they have they have the flexibility where he does not need to be forced in. Yep. Last year, you could argue that I mean we knew Cider was on the roster. There was no doubt. You could argue that they were in the position where Raymond really needed to be on this team. And honestly, it showed that he needed to be on that team. So, but it was because they, their forward depth and scoring ability was just shit. Now, the difference is, again, because of how many guys you listed off, there's balance and depth there on defense where they can ease him in. And He's playing, he's logging a lot of minutes already, which is incredible for being what mid August. I think against USA, he's averaging 22 minutes a game right now in the tournament. Uh, against the US, he had 22 44. Against Switzerland, he had 26 minutes of ice time, in which nine of those over nine minutes came in the third period, protecting a one goal lead. Yeah, I so, think that his last game was 18 minutes, but that's probably because he was feel, not feeling the best. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, as long as he's getting gets through this sickness, no problem, which that's it sounds like the assumption he'll be ready to go for the quarters when those start up. Um, like he's going to be in decent hockey shape come training camp. And that's your best case scenario. It's now going to be on him to show that he is where he, he deserves to be up there with Detroit. I think it's possible, but we'll see. I, I'm excited. It, it, it makes me happy. I mean, one thing I wanted to point out, like with, Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter, they did have a quote. There was an interview with uh, Hakan Anderson on a Swedish page, Hockey Sferigy. I think we've mentioned it before, but it's behind a paywall, so I couldn't see the whole article. But the one quote was that Hakan Anderson feels that Wallander and Edmondson have been, quote, okay, but they have, quote, but that, quote, they have more in them. So, yes, they're playing well, but they could be playing better. And I think for as well as they've been playing already to this point, as you kind of pointed out, it's not a bad thing. Sweden has only lost one game in this World Juniors so far. That was against Team USA. Who are playing out of their minds. Who are undefeated currently. The next game is uh, that Sweden plays is against Latvia tomorrow on the 17th. And USA plays Czechia tomorrow on the 17th. So there, I mean... We could now Canada is an unstoppable force because um, Connor Bedard is absolutely fucking insane. It's not even fair. Yeah, no, he's like Wayne Gretzky against the South Park cows out there, which is uh, what it looks like. But it uh. it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, it for sure. I think the top three medals are going to be. Uh, Sweden, USA, and Canada, most likely. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see how it goes uh, towards the end there. But the Red Wings prospects are doing very well, as we hoped they would be. And I think Carter Mazur is proving that, I mean, he's a guy, he's a prospect. He He's going to make the team one day. 
and that hopefully he becomes a top six guy because you took him, I mean, rather high. And hopefully he plays out to that level. Like that's what happened with Bertuzzi. We took him where we took him. I don't no one. I don't think anyone thought he was going to do what he has done for where he was drafted and what was expected of him. I think that Carter Mazur can kind of do the same thing. He looks like he has the tool set to do the same kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, 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 totally. Good. We're going to move on to our listener mailbag. We've got uh, all these questions from Twitter. We're going to start with Major Nelson at Major Nelson 16. Do you expect Carter Mazur to be on the Red Wings after DU finishes its season? And if so, should we be getting ready to move Valeno or Suter at the deadline? Uh, no, I do not. I actually think Mazur is one that they probably let wrap up all of college. I don't think he's going to be like a two and done. If if he's done, I think he'll go to the AHL. You can leave college and go to the (laughs) AHL, can't you? Um, if you sign, you're done. There's all these weird fucky rules. Yeah, I don't know if that's changed at all, though, with all the nil stuff. Yeah, well, if he if he leaves, I don't think he's jumping right to Detroit. And I think he would be in Grand Rapids. I don't think they're moving Valeno at all. Suter, I think, could be moved before the start of the season. Honestly, Suter could be room for whoever. It depends. I mean, there there could still be trades that happen between now because people still need to make room. The Islanders still haven't signed Kadri, which was supposed to happen last week. So, I mean, I think Suter could be moved because, again, you're getting a log jam at forward. Valeno, it was his first season. Valeno's, I don't think, in any kind of danger going forward right now, at least for now. He's not in any kind of danger. And he kind of heated up toward the end of the season and started looking more comfortable. So I don't expect Carter Mazur on the Red Wings for, at a minimum, three more seasons, I would say. There's no reason to rush him. It just depends on how things shake out and how if he really this is going to be a big year for him in terms of development. I mean, we've already we're talking about him now there. He was on some people's radar before even the world junior started about his style of play. I think we touched on a couple months ago, actually. So there's. He's one to really keep an eye on, but I think the best bet or likely scenario, if he does leave DU is Grand Rapids. If it, the timing works out right, then hopefully Grand Rapids is making their playoff push. Yep. He can jump on that roster in a depth role if they're a middle, middle six role. Help them out and see what happens. Yeah. So before we move on to the next question, actually, we need to take a quick break for a sponsored message from Manscaped and DraftKings. What's up? It's Greg here from the Grindline podcast with a message from Manscaped. Growing out your playoff beard, let that thing loose up top, but our friends at Manscaped are here to help you avoid a jumbo Joe downstairs. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming want to save your hockey pucks from a slap shot in crunch time this playoff season. Four million men worldwide trust Manscaped to prepare them for the Stanley Cup. Join them and go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE. Shaving your ball starts with the perfect package for your package, the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and has a 400K LED spotlight when you need a more precise shave. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is also included in this package, which is also waterproof, uses skin-safe technology, so you can keep the unnecessary roughness on the ice where it belongs. There is no more pinching, there is no more pulling, there's no more crying because you're ripping out your nose hairs. 
shaves them clean off with no issues at all whatsoever. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant to keep your balls sticking to your legs from end to end. No one will be chirping you anymore. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will give your balls a moost. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag. Amazing bag, super soft, has just enough room for all the tools plus some extras. It's not too big. Uh, my problem is generally that the bags are too small and cannot fit everything, so I end up throwing extra stuff in a backpack. This bag is just the right size. The boys will be buzzing this Stanley Cup lineup from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code GRINDLINE at manscaped.com. Don't be a goon fighting your bush with the wrong trimmer. Choose the right tools for the job this playoff season with Manscaped. Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And we're back. Our next question is from Brendan Sanders at Ketzel, A-N-A-E-Y-N-O-N, at Ketzel Anon on Twitter. A lot of people are seeing us as still on the outside looking in. What else do we possibly need to be a contender? I'm going to say that I can't answer that until we see what we have can do. Because this team is going to have so many new parts that we really need to see how these new parts work together to see which pieces of the puzzle aren't fitting. I still think we need to solidify our top six is for all intents and purposes. Great right now. I think there are still some bottom six pieces that are going to have to move around. We're probably going to have to see how Edvinson does. If he is a top four defenseman this season, then our top four, our bottom pair defense might need to improve. I just think there are so many moving parts. How how are Ned and Huso as a tandem? That's going to be another big question. How's the defense in front of them? Exactly. So I think there are so many moving parts that I can't really say right now what else we need to be a contender. I know our third and fourth line center positions really need to to grab their job by the balls this season. And just like if you're going to put Rasmussen there and on 3C, he's got to be that guy. If Joe Valeno's going to play 3C or Suter's going to play 3C, they've got to be that guy. Because we've got Larkin, we got our 2C, our wingers seem set. It's just, I need to see how the chemistry works and coaching, how co- what, what Lalone's system it even is, before I can tell you what we need to do to be a contender. I still hold that there's a possibility that with what we have now, if it can all come together rather quickly, that we could be pushing toward a wildcard spot this season. I'm not going to say we're going to make it, but I think it's more of a possibility now than than we would have even thought. Yeah, the first big thing for me is that Detroit needs to not be uh, bottom seven for goals for 
and number two in goals allowed. Those you need need to get those things balanced out before anything of note is going to happen for this team. And a lot of that's going to come down to what they can do on special teams because their power play and PK was absolutely terrible. You hope that the additions they made can fit, can right a lot of those wrongs that they've had. I mean, to me, they're still an elite player on defense and offense away from making some noise. Now, what type of step does Raymond and Sider make? Does Edvinson come in and make this team better? Does Philip Sedina finally wake the fuck up and do something crazy? Does Larkin get better than one point per game? Is Verona healthy for a whole season? There's a lot of weird little things on this team, like you mentioned, where with what they've added can really boost them. But by how much? I mean, I think what we what were we talking about? Like their best case scenario could potentially be 94-ish points. Best case scenario is 101. Yeah, well, that's, that's like best, ideal. best, best case scenario. Yeah, so ideal roster, anywhere from 90 to 100 points. That may still not be good enough. So now, granted, that doesn't take into account that some of those top teams, as we've talked about before, could have additional losses in there. So their point total is going to drop. So those bubble teams are going to be getting closer to where you're, you're thinking Detroit may be at. But does that put them over the top? No, not necessarily. What do they need? I don't know. They need to be better. Yeah. And the players they got are better. Now, does that translate to the current players on the roster that are now joining those new players? Do they all get better or do they all just, I don't know. I still, they, 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 have, they don't have true elite talent on this team yet. We need their young guys to take that, start making that progression. Is that going to be yeah. this year, next year? Don't know. Well, that's, I guess that's also to say, Larkin took a step. Does Larkin push it further? Yeah. Does Verona go on a tear and score 40 goals? Does Huge. Zadina figure out what the fuck he's supposed to be doing? Can Zadina score 20 goals? Sure. When we talked last week about the goal scoring potential of some of these guys, I mean, Lucas Ray, does Lucas Raymond next season? I have no, no doubt that Lucas Raymond can be a 30 plus goal scorer next season. Mm-hmm. Does Mo get 15 goals? Like there's, there's a lot more offense, I think, on this team than what was shown last season. And that's kind of what we need to see to, to figure out what we need to be a contender. Because if some of these guys that we think can do that, they don't, then those are some of the pieces that need to be moved. So to put it in reference, the top scoring team in hockey last year was the Florida Panthers. They had one, two, three. No, I'm sorry. Who, who were those already? Hey, he's still on here. They had one, two, three, four, five, six guys scoring 20 goals or more. Two others were right behind them at 18 goals. Yeah. <clears throat> so eight guys with 18 goals or more on your, on your roster. Yeah. To make that comparison to Detroit, give me a second here to pull them up because it's just something I thought about. So Florida, eight guys with 18 goals or more. Detroit has three. Wah, wah, wah. It's like Fabry the mountain climber. So Fabry, Fabry would have been a part of that group if he had, had not gotten hurt. It's like the mountain climber in Price is Right that just keeps going and falls off the edge of the mountain. Yep. Detroit had six guys total with 15 or more goals. One of them being Michael Rasmussen. Which, so, again, can Michael Rasmussen get to 20 next season? That would be best case scenario. But right. we had Phelps Zena, 10 goals. Sure. 
Prada yeah. and his because he was hurt, 13 goals. Yeah, so a lot more offense. Uh, mm. From Cameron yep. Nagel, and we kind of already answered this question at Nagel 91 is Edvinson really ready to step up into the NHL this year? I think so. Iserman has even said he's got that NHL skill. He could play in the NHL right now. It's is Iserman comfortable with him doing it and doesn't make the team better? If he is better than another defenseman, then yes, he will make the team and he'll be more than ready to play. From Jimmy St. Dennis at James St. Dennis, who will be the all-star for the Red Wings this season? Who will be or who do we want to be? I'm going to say Mo. I mean, Mo won the Calder, and if he continues his season, I don't think there's any reason Moritz Sider should not be at the All-Star game next season. Ryan? I could see two. I could see two also. If things get weird, I mean... I could see Cider, and if Rana has the season that we hope are hoping for where he is healthy, I could see that being the other one. You mean just because of pure goal scoring? Yep. Okay. If I saw two, I would see Cider and maybe Raymond, depending on how Raymond's season goes as well. But, I mean, I wouldn't put that one out of the realm of possibility. I think Cider is probably your lock. Because of the Calder campaign, and he's got a better chance in this division being defense to make that make it. But yeah, it all depends on how the other teams do too. From yeah. Justin at the Iser plan, trade incoming. Always Justin. Trades are yeah. always incoming. You have always have a reason to tweet that. I think <laughs> now more than ever, uh, mm. depending on when Nazem Kadri wakes up from his eternal slumber. Uh, and decides he wants to sign a contract, then there will be trades incoming and we still have the cap space to make that happen. So I still hold on to, yes, trades incoming. From Brian Prince at Clown Prince B, who do you predict makes the final six decor out of training camp? That's hard. Brian, like why? Uh, um, Sherratt? Ben Sherratt. Cider. Aronic. Aronic. Edvinson. Oh, you're going that you're saying Edmondson makes the top six. Edmondson, Haig, and oh, I gotta go back on cap friendly and, and see. I'm looking at cap out. friendly. I'm gonna go top down on cap friendly. Ben Schrott. Mata. Yes. Mata's my other one. Bill Pronick. Ali yep. Mata. There's there's the easy three. Yep. Mo Sider, easy That's four. four. Gus I, Lindstrom. Ah. Killing me. I I think he does just because of it. I mean We'll see, but and then Egg and or Edvinson. I think that's going to be your top seven. I know I asked for six, but I'm saying Sherat, Heronic, Mata, Cider, Edvinson, and Haig. That's going to be my six. I think you'll carry Lindstrom as a seven. I can see it. And and that's that I think is going to be my that's my six out of training camp. Which, again, going to be rough because we have no idea what the fuck is going on. Uh, From Reese B at 13 underscore RO underscore 13 on Twitter. Can you talk about Albin Gruve's future with the org if there is one curious on his development? He's been bounced around so much recently and not really progressing at all. So for what a lot of people initially liked as kind of an agitator piece, with uh, offensive upside, if he could put his stuff together, I think has fallen mm-hmm. off a cliff. I don't imagine that he really has a future with the organization as it currently stands. 
And I think you're happy with Carter Mazur mm-hmm. because you're hoping. I think Carter Mazur is what you thought Alvin Groovy might be. Yep. And I was going to say that earlier, but didn't get to it. So, yeah. So I don't think he has a future with the team as it currently stands. From yeah. DMART at CubbyFan84, how many players do we move at the trade deadline? He is thinking four. That again is also rough. Yeah, I also want to know who your four are. I could totally see Pia Suter going. I could totally see Adam Ernie going if he doesn't already go to Grand Rapids. That's two. Um, I, I mean, right now you've got Giovanni Smith signed for this next season, but again, I don't see room for him on the roster. Uh, so I'm at two right now. Uh, I think is, depending on how the season goes, sure. I could see Peronic being one because of age and contracts. If there's some retention there, could you see Olimata going possibly depending again on how Edvinson comes up and does. Mata in particular is one to watch because he's there's no stipulate terms on his deal. Yep. It's one year at cheap. Yep. And he comes in less than what you would get for if you retain salary than Heronic would. Uh, so I think him and maybe a Sunquist could be a trade bait. Well, like we said, Bertuzzi, if he doesn't sign a contract. Bert, if there's no contract. So I think the big ones, it, it, and it, again, it depends on where we're at in the season at that point where in terms of standings. So there's several guys that you look at their one-year deal, like Burt, Suter, Sunquist. I'm uh, looking through the list. Maybe Giovanni Smith, if he's not gone by that point. I don't think he will be, but it's possible. And then you go on the defensive side, you got Peronic. And granted, he's two years, but he's still young. And he's restricted with arbitration at the end of his deal. And then you've got Mata. Yep. You've got, you could maybe see a Pissick or a Hag, Hag, Robert Hag get traded out because of their experience out there. So maybe you're Rob. I, I think when we're not thinking about Robbie Fabry. Yeah, potentially. So I don't think four is that <clears throat> far off. I mean, three or four, if we're not getting too crazy. That's, I think you're, if you're going four this year, you're scorched earth and things really went bad. I don't think so. Because no. I think you could package a couple people together to improve, get a better player for maybe a team that's not making the playoffs. See, that I would see more as a trade that happens maybe before the season because there's teams that are going to have to shed salary somehow. Sure. And Detroit can do that. And maybe the, one of those guys that we mentioned is who goes in return to offset the, the roster balance. But maybe you trade at the deadline. If you're looking to upgrade on wing, maybe you trade or Robbie Fabry and a second round pick to, to upgrade that position. Mm -hmm. So it it all depends on how we're looking, like you said, towards the deadline. But I think four, I don't think four is that far off depending on how we are. Uh, Last question from Calvin keys at keys underscore Calvin. What are some good Red Wings slash hockey documentaries to watch during the dog days of summer? If you have not watched Russian five yet, go watch it. If you mm-hmm. haven't watched Unrivaled yet, go watch it. Um, what's Russian Private isn't that that's on streaming right now, isn't it? Still, I think so. Um, I think Bob Probert's one is called Tough Guy. Yeah, the Bob Probert one is called Tough Guy. It is uh, looks like it's streaming on Amazon. Looks like you can rent it through there. Uh, you can get Russian Five on. 
You can buy it, rent it on Amazon or buy it. You can also rent on Vudu, Apple TV, and YouTube TV. <clears throat> or if you have Ubo, Peacock Premium, I don't know what those other two are, you can stream it for so if you have a subscription on there, it looks like. There's another one that I don't think a lot of people have seen because it's a little older now, but it is very good. There's an ESPN 30 for 30. Uh, that 30 for 30 is called Big Shot. It is about the um, the Islanders. And when Spano basically faked his way into becoming the owner of the New York Islanders and kind of became a giant shit show over there. So that's a really good one. Uh, big the big shot episode of 30 for 30. I watched it with basically my mouth open the whole time. I'm like, if this guy can do it, I can totally fake my way into being the owner of a hockey team. <laughs> uh, but that's a good one, too. Uh, but that's going to do it for user questions tonight. And that is going to do it for our episode. Ryan, final thoughts before we sign off. Nope. We are in the worst part of the summer. Thankfully, World Juniors are going on. Unfortunately, because of my schedule, I've hardly been able to watch anything. Besides softball. Uh, softball is in a, in a lull right now, but everything else that's going on just in general for life and work's been busy. So, And since most of the World Junior games appear apparently take place while I'm working. I haven't been able to get to them or watch them act when the kids are home. So that's been my life. But other than that, it's, we're getting closer to training camp about prospect camp. And it's, it's exciting. I know the wings tweeted their stuff out. Brandon's been talking about it, how he's getting ready to go up there for his yearly trek. So one of these years I'll finally make it up, but it is not this one. I'm going to see if I can get my daughter out of school for a couple of days to go. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's all I got. Already Ryan 33. My final thoughts are congratulations to all the people that won the books. They are going out on Friday. You will <laughs> receive your book sometime shortly after that. We will be doing another contest soon. Uh, I will be getting some more designs up on the shop. Uh, if you could go, I posted and I pinned it to our page, but it'll be also one of the top ones once I pin this episode. If you can go take our listener survey on Twitter, if you go to our Twitter at GrindlinePod, there is a Google Forms to go fill out. Uh, we're just trying to get some feedback on how we can improve the show, what you like about it, what you would change, anything like we'll that. Keep rowing away from that. Yeah, I can just hit delete on his answer. <laughs> so uh, go on and take that. If you could also drop <laughs> us reviews on your preferred podcast platform of choice, uh, that would be great. Uh, go give us a five star rating. Tell us how much you love us and subscribe to us on YouTube. So go to YouTube, search the grind line podcast. We are up there. Go sub to us. Uh, the more subs, the better we can form a community. Once we get, I think, to a thousand subs, we can start taking questions through YouTube, too. So go on there and subscribe to us. We like to thank Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod on Twitter for hosting us and spreading us around. If you use a promo code Grindline at bring hockey back, you'll get 12 percent. If you use that promo code at Manscaped, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. And if you use that promo code at Howie's Hockey Tape, you will save 10%. We also like to give a shout out to our merch shop, redbubble.com. Uh, search the grind line. You'll find all our stuff there. And Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should buy your Detroit jerseys or get anything worked on. They are absolutely amazing. And we will have some more stuff happening with them soon. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>